welcome to the Junior League of Greater Princeton Centennial Podcast, a show where we're sharing some of the most incredible, important, and memorable moments in our organization's 100-year history. While there have been countless community impact projects that the JLGP has implemented over the years, one that holds a special place in many members' hearts is Rockets. In today's episode, new member Catherine McGarry interviews Geneva Martin and Christina Bailey about the important work that our organization did in the community in the 2000s. Enjoy! Gary, and I am a provisional member this year for the Junior League of Greater Princeton. I am joined today by Michelle Emerson, Geneva Martin, and Christina Bailey. Today we'll be discussing rockets, raising our children's knowledge by educating through science. Thank you all for speaking with me today. I'm excited to learn about your experiences with this program, as well as the opportunity to document history for the League. So to start off, this program began in 2005 as a part of the 2005 to 2008 JLGP strategic plan. Who are the masterminds behind this idea and how did this idea become about? Um, I don't know if Michelle, you wanna take us away on that one. Um, well, it started It started as a, as a desire from the lead to want to do a project that had more of an impact. Um, we had up to that point, we've been doing a series of done in a days or projects that expanded over a done in a day, so a little bit longer, but it wasn't, it didn't feel meaty enough to members. So the thought was that we would try to find something to do what we would call a signature project that would take the whole year, would compass different areas to allow um, different levels of members to work on it. So those who only had weekend time or those who were available during the day. So we tried to make it as flexible as possible so that everyone had a way to volunteer. And we spent a good year doing research, um, talking to other leagues who had major projects. We held a community roundtable with some of our past and current and current partners at the time to figure out what was the need in the community. So we did like a um, community needs assessment through talking to the partners. We talked to our members to figure out what they wanted. It was, I mean, it was a really a, a rigorous process. And at the conclusion of the year, we decided that early, early childhood literacy was where we wanted to focus. And we wanted to focus on a project that would involve the parents, the children, the teachers. So it was all encompassing. So everyone would have a, a stake in how the project was run and the impact that it would have on their kids. At the time, I can't remember if Shannon was president at the time or president-elect, but Shannon Hartley was one of the drivers and she did a lot of help with the community assessment and the community advisory board. I was there to help with the process. Um, and I have a whole list of all the, the committee and I should have had that pulled up so you could see, but we had a, we had a really big committee because there were different areas that people needed to focus on. Um, I do remember it was also my provisional class that with Erica Glavis and Patty Thompson that kind of started putting our toe in the water with, with the literacy project. And then it seems like it quickly became bigger and people were excited about it and it took form 
And I, I do remember that the community ass assessment, the community needs assessment was a major part because we had this community advisory board made up of members of the community that really had their finger on the pulse of the needs. And so when we would talk to them, they would give us input and feedback on what the community really did need. And it was a way for us to do the research really, really well. And the, the, the data that we were also pulling from places like the Princeton Area Community Foundation was valuable because other places were calling that data and we could look at it and that helped inform our decision as well. Wow, that's really that's really neat to get that off the ground. Took a lot of work and a lot of outreach on that. So in 2007, uh, the first annual Rockets teacher launch seminar was held at Ryder University. What types of events and activities did that seminar encompass? I could say that having, you know, done um, the, the um, teacher launch in uh, years after, that it was really about inspiring teachers, um, helping them feel empowered to do even sort of basic experiments and activities that really got the kids excited about science. Um, so they would come and they would get new ideas. There would be um, new kinds of activities that maybe they hadn't done before. And whoever the presenter was would take them through each of these activities. So they would do it themselves, talk about the, you know, the thinking behind it, how these instructions or how these um, activities have been designed and for what purpose and what age focus um, and developmentally where the kids would be and what they would be into. And so I think teachers came to get new ideas and to get inspired and excited about um, getting their students more involved in science. What, gra what grade levels did these teachers uh, represent? I would say they were mostly elementary school. Would mm -hmm. you say that's the case? Geneva, yeah, and because our you know our work was focused really on preschool kids, so I think that's where they saw our expertise and our focus, and so those were the teachers probably that that responded most to that opportunity. Nice, and I know you had mentioned some of this, Geneva. So the different types of events and activities that were run through the program. You were mentioning there's um, classroom, there was field trips, and there was also fun work as well, if you want to elaborate on those different um, programs. Yeah, as Michelle said, that it was very important for us to have opportunities for everyone to participate at their own pace, whether it was weekend or weekday nights. We made sure every month we had several activities available. And for the people who wanted to do volunteering during the weekday, um, there was classroom. And we had a, a pretty good turnout for that at the time. And then weekday evenings, we would have the gather at a member's house and do fun work, which was just um, assembling the bags. It was a really fun project to do that as well. It felt meaningful, um, even though you weren't um, interacting with the children. That wasn't for everyone, but it was, a, it was a way to participate. The field trips were very, very rewarding for the people who went because they got the hands on with the children and they got a good chunk of time. They would kind of knock out all their volunteer credits uh, that they needed and they got to, you know, enjoy a, a wonderful day out. And the pictures of those field trips are just amazing. Um, as far as rewarding, um, it was just a rewarding experience. That's what the members reported. 
Um, and then there were these science fairs. I remember specifically we did one at Stepping Stones, which was a new partner at the time. And we really just created a whole a day, a free day for the families to come and enjoy the science of winter. So we had a snow cone machine and we did face painting and story time and set it up like stations. And we had a huge turnout. So all the families came and it was a, it was a real success. It's one of my, my best memories. Sorry, I jumped ahead to the next question. No, no, no worries. That's awesome. That's great. What, um, do you remember the different uh, places you would go for the field trips? Any, um, any specific ones stick out in your brain? I know we took them to uh, several museums and uh, farms that were local. Um, does anyone we went to the watershed? Maybe the Franklin Institute? Yes. Yeah, it is a nice area that this is, uh, the league is located in because there are a lot, you have a lot in Philadelphia and Princeton area and the surrounding area is really good for that. But we did a couple of rooms at the YWCA Valley Road Preschool. Um, we dedicated a science room and there was a reading room attached to that. So we that, actually have an article from the Trenton Times that I was gonna send you the photo of that so you can have that, but that was also part of the Rockets umbrella because it was, you know, it was more about the science and just trying to expand since we couldn't bring the full program to everyone. This allowed us to have parts of it to other organizations as beyond the Trenton Head Start. That's great. And that segues into my next question. So who were some of your community partners that you worked with on this? Well, there's definitely Trenton Head Start. They were our major partner and that's where we launched. There was also, Geneva mentioned Stepping Stones and there was Valley Road Preschool. Those were the three that I mainly remembered because they were multi-year partners. Hmm. I don't think, I think that Stepping Stones sort of replaced Head Start because I don't, Head Start moved or discontinued or something Something happened with Head Start that we weren't able to continue with them, and then we and then Stepping Stones was sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, right around the corner in Trenton, and um, we started working with them and continuing with the YW. Yeah, I think we selected our partners very carefully because we really knew it was a substantial commitment what we were making to come in, you know, every every week or so um, they would have something from us. And so we, we didn't need a lot of partners. We needed the right partners um, that we would be able to feel comfortable to come in the classrooms regularly and get to know the kids and teachers a little bit. And so it was a very good relationship with both Head Start and the, the preschool, the Valley Road preschool, and then Stepping Stones. They were, you know, we had, we had a lot of meetings to kind of flush out the program ahead of time and to gauge their interest in having outsiders come in and interact with the, the kids. And so it was, it was an important choice, those partners. And then over time, they really began to value us, especially the, the Valley Road. After what we did in the science room, I mean, you can't even imagine the creativity and talent of our league members being put behind this, creating murals and just putting furniture and making it like a science um, wonderland. It was just an amazing room. And it, it really showcased the talents of our league members in that way. There are some very talented and creative women in the league, and this was a great way to let them shine. I was going through my notes and I saw something about a playground that we 
did a playground at Trenton. That we, I know we budgeted for this playground. And I want to think that we actually did it, but I couldn't find any photos. But I remember, <laughs> I think it was at Head Start, we assembled. Trent, it was the Smith Santiago Center at Trenton Head Start. So that was also an indirect part of our Rockets, Rockets program because, you know, the Rockets was about math, increasing math and science literacy, but we felt like if the kids were happy and getting the exercise and had a safe place to play, that that all fed into them then wanting to sit and learn. But if, you know, if they weren't getting out the activity, then that contributed to their not being focused on the math and learning, the math and science learning we were trying to do in the classroom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a big connection between that. That's that's fantastic. It's nice to see how much it spread out aside from just in the classroom doing activities. It was more, it shows how much you guys really well thought about the whole encompassing idea behind it and how to benefit the kid, not only in the classroom, but also at home and outside and different um, aspects of their life. That's really fantastic. Did you guys receive any awards or recognitions for this program? Yes, we did. We we got the Cherish the Children Award from Mercer County, I think it was 2008 or nine. And so we were recognized at um, by Brian Hughes, I think uh, was the representative and we have a picture. <laughs> and it was a really, really wonderful day. That's great, oh, that's awesome. Going back to projects and I just keep remembering all the different things. Yeah, no, go right on ahead. As ways of expanding the project, because again, we had limited volunteer hours and limited funds, but the provisional classes started to do more with Rockets. Um, like early on, there was a, a science evening planned. Like that was their provisional class project. They did a science evening with Valley Road Preschool where they, it was, a, it was just basically a mini Rockets day but it was for the parents and the kids. We did it at night. So the parents could come and see what we were trying to do in the classroom and provided food to encourage more parents to come. And I think we had over 20, 20 kids come to the event. So it was, it was a nice way to see the program in action and to take our toe toward expanding to other organizations. Oh, wow, that's nice. I also saw that on Geneva, what you sent over the Kids in the Kitchen program. What did that encompass? That was a cooking program developed by other leagues that we jumped on that wagon and brought that as a, it was kind of a project in a box, but mm -hmm. uh, we had great luck with that as well. People really liked that. The members liked that, the kids liked that. And it was basically a cooking demonstration. You would gather uh, children and have a little cooking lesson and then give out snacks. And the idea behind it was to teach healthy cooking. That's pretty neat. That was actually an initiative of AJLI. Okay. They, okay. They, incur they tried once a few leagues did it, they tried to encourage all the leagues to encompass some aspect of that program. Cool. Neat. I was just reading, ladies, and I don't know if you if you recall this, but that the um, annual holiday party that used to be CASC that's now um, Rise was rolled out as part of the Rockets program. Was that is that what you recall? I saw something about it in my notes, but I couldn't remember exactly how it fit. But I did see something in my notes about that. Yeah, I'm still doing that so many years later. It's amazing. One of our longest partners ever, I would imagine. 
Yes. Yeah. We, yeah, we still did it this year, even in COVID, we managed to still have the rise party, which was great. Any more details on the exact fun work projects that you guys had them take home? What, what types of projects were those? Do you remember any in particular? I have all the trick. I have all of them. (laughs) Um, I saved on my computer. (laughs) I remember uh, a a specific assembly night at, at my house. I had, I had planned it out, but I had no idea the level of just planning that really did need to go into measuring these ingredients and putting them into these bags. I mean, it was not, it was not a last minute sort of throw together project. Like you really had to plan. It it, it was an organizational challenge, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) I think you, you wrote down that it was like 200 and, uh, how many bags, 240 bags you guys assembled in like the first three years alone. (laughs) They, They were substantial. They had real, real interesting um, science projects in them. So they had to be right. Yeah. I can't remember if this was fun work or if this was classroom, but it was probably a little bit of both. But I remember the ice cream bags. You made the the ice cream in the Ziploc bags. I remember that was a lot of fun because I didn't use it for my son a few years later for his birthday party. It's like, you know, you put the rock salt and the, the milk and all the stuff in the Ziploc bag and you shake, 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 and you have end up with sort of a soft serve ice cream. But you, there is some science involved, but then there's the fun of, of eating the treat at the end. That's always a fun one. There was also some instant snow that um, came in a little tube. That was a lot of fun. And Jessica Klingman, who I don't think she's a member now, she was really instrumental in helping us come up with the curriculum and doing the fun work fun work activities in those initial years. And Erica Glavis was also someone who was very helpful. Um, Jessica, uh, I believe is a science teacher, was a science teacher. And then Erica had experience working at Mad Science at at one point. And so it was really great to have them be the resource for helping us come up with programs that we could actually say, these were designed by teachers. It's not just us making up things for the kids. There is this you know, they could help us point out the science behind it. And with each of the lessons and the fun work, we try to, we try to make an attempt to show which core standard that it, that it was addressing. So it wasn't just, here's a, here's a bunch of ladies coming to have some fun. There's actual science and education, you know, it's, tied to these core core standards. And at some point we also, um, we started bringing in uh, mad science. I don't know if they even still exist, but um, so it was a, a person who was, uh, most of them probably were teachers, but they were like entertainers at the same time. They were super engaging and they did a program that would engage the kids on different topics. And that was one maybe once a month, we would try to do something like that. So that was sort of the professional that came in um, and, and made the, the presentation at least even more exciting for the kids because they were used to working with kids of of that age or in that age group. And then you, I also noted that you guys worked to trademark this Rockets logo in 2008, I think it was. So what, why was there a desire to trademark that name and what was that process like and was it ever completed? Molly Hoke led that effort for us because mm-hmm. through her professional life, she did a lot of patent work. So she had the most experience with that. Um, and I asked her about the process. She said it was really very easy. 
Um, it didn't take it didn't take long. She was able to do it all on her own. We didn't use any professionals or outside help with that. She just she did she did the process. Um, we wanted to trademark it because we thought that we would try to make it more of a rockets an out of the box program that we could share with other leagues for them to be able to do with their their constituents, but. So we wanted to make sure that we had some ownership of the program before we launched it in, into a greater area. And then how did that all come together? I, I saw some notes on, there was like a white sheet created, basically like a guideline of the program and things like that. So how did that start coming together to make it this out of box project? We, I mean, we would talk about it when we would go to the Association of Junior Leagues International Annual Conference. We would mention it there. We talked about it on the forums that were set up. And we, we had a few leagues reach out to us to ask about it and we shared that information with them. And you know, I guess that'll segue into Junior League of Phoenix. They then took the program and they turned it into, I mean, they started with our basic building blocks and then turned it into their own program. So do you work with them now? Like, have they reached out to our league for questions or have they just kind of taken at this point and run with it and expanded it on their own? I think at this point it's, it's, they've run with it and they've, it's their own program. Mm -hmm. That's great. And how, and how did, closely did you guys work with them in the beginning? We gave, we gave them all our materials. It was definitely a gathering process. The, the biggest part I think was gathering up the year's worth of classroom activities and fun work ideas and field trip ideas and gathering them all up and putting them on our website so they could be accessed by the other leagues. And for Junior League of Phoenix, we absolutely were in contact with them for, you know, at least a year, kind of giving them materials and giving them ideas and just being available to them. That's great. And is there, and are they the only ones so far that you've heard about? Has anyone else started or tried to work with it or started? There might have been someone else. I, I feel like there was someone else, but I don't remember who it was. And then, yeah. And then I guess just back to what were your most memorable moments? What are some of the times that stick out in your um, heads as you think back into the program? For me, it's the smiles. The smiles. It's like the kids were always so happy to see us because they knew when we were coming, it was going to be fun. That we were going to have a fun activity. We were going to give them a snack. We were going to send them home with fun work or that there was a field trip coming soon. So I can't say any one particular thing, but the hugs and of course, you know, there's all the smiles and lots of hugs along the way. And it was just happy to, it was just nice to see that they were so appreciative of what we were trying to do. And you could see that they, the, you know, the wheels were turning and they, and they were getting it and they were enjoying the process. So it was great. Definitely the science fair for me at Stepping Stones was one of my highlights. That snow cone machine and those, those kids were so excited. Uh, that was one of my best memories. Each station was so much fun and our volunteers just showed up and made it happen. And it was just such a, a well-executed day and it was such a fun day. It just it was, it's, it was so impressive what a group of women can, can do when they all come together like that and how many kids they can help reach at one time. That was just very exciting. And I would also say every time I drive by the Valley Road Preschool building in Princeton, I, I remember going there so many times. And each time I was so excited to come into the classroom because the kids were so happy. As Michelle said, they were just excited. And if, even if you were just reading books to them and hanging out, it was just always so much fun. 
I remember that um, the stepping stones science fair as well that that uh, Geneva was talking about. And that one was a lot of fun and a huge success and just seeing so many families come through and, and experience that. And another one that stands out um, to me now was a planting activity that we did at, at Head Start. We kind of had dirt everywhere, but we were making, you know, planting these little flowers or it may have just been seeds. And everybody got to take the little pot home with them and wait and watch it grow and, and come back and talk about how their, their little plant was doing. I remember that activity. That's great. Or what do you think the members really gained from this program? That's such a good question. I think it introduced volunteering in a hands-on way um, to a lot of them. I know it did for me. And it wasn't, it was a personal involvement because you chose what you were going to do and you knew the league could come up with it. So it was all volunteer driven. It wasn't like a company set up a day for you and you just go and do what you're told. It was planning from the ground up and then execution, which made it so fulfilling. Yeah, I would agree. I think so. Uh, Some of um, what we've done since then has been not direct service, um, you know, with the populations that we're trying to reach. And that, you know, being able to actually go into the schools and sit with the kids and talk to the teachers and understand, you know, what this, what these activities meant to these schools and these teachers and these families was, um, was really impactful. Yeah, I would have to agree with Christina and Geneva. It's about the direct hands-on, get in the classroom, working with the kids, um, seeing firsthand what your volunteering means to the kids and you know the teacher seminar while we weren't directly being the ones who were teaching the teachers we had we you know we we were able to facilitate their education so they could then take that back to the classroom and so it was you know it's great to see you know the teachers networking with each other and getting ideas and then being so excited about the, you know, the tub of activities that they then took back to their classrooms to share with their kids and with their schools. So it's, it, was, it was being able to see the direct impact we were having, which was great. Yeah, that's, that sounds fantastic. Like you said, the, the kids' smiles was your favorite part. And kids are like the most honest of anybody. So it is nice to see that innocent, just pure joy smile. And you know, your work really had an impact on them. Any other topics you guys want to discuss or memories you had from this? Thanks for the trip down memory lane because I mean <laughs> I was going through like all my files and I was like oh I remember that and oh I forgot about that so it was it was great to to relive relive some of the memories it, it taught me so much I, I definitely learned a lot and cut my teeth on this project in particular and then as the years went on I got involved with other organizations and I really took that experience with me understanding that you know, well-planned projects are very important and the organization and the commitment that goes into making a project great. I learned a lot from Michelle and I still do, but I I think that the value as a league member was being involved with that type of project because it it taught me so much. Great. Awesome. I thank you guys so much for your time again and all of your hard work. It really was something from the ground up and something to be incredibly proud of. Um, It's really neat to not only see it 
last for so long, but also go to other leagues as well. So I think that's it's a really great accomplishment and um, hats off to you ladies and the other ladies who worked on this project as well. Um, and thank you so much for your time. And I will share this when it's all edited and completed. And thank you again for capturing some history and feel free, um, Michelle, to send over any of those items you had mentioned before. Um, and we can save those and preserve those so that we have this um, for the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Junior League of Greater Princeton Centennial Podcast. The Junior League of Greater Princeton is an organization of women committed to promoting volunteerism, developing the potential of women, and improving communities through effective action and leadership of trained volunteers. Its purpose is exclusively educational and charitable. We value community. It is the heart of all we do. Volunteerism, the way we make a difference in our communities. Leadership the development of individual potential and the collective power of women as leaders, collaboration, the relationships we develop within our organization and through service with others, and respect for our members' time, energy, and well-being. Since its founding in 1921, the Junior League of Greater Princeton has been an organization of women bringing people and needs together. We welcome all women over the age of 21 who demonstrate a commitment to volunteerism, regardless of race, religion, or national origin. Currently, there are new, nearly 250 active provisional and sustaining members from Mercer, Middlesex, and Bucks counties and the surrounding areas. The Junior League of Greater Princeton is part of the Association of Junior Leagues International, which includes 292 leagues in the United States, Canada, Mexico, and Great Britain. For more information about what we do in the organization or how to get involved, visit www.jlgp.org.